0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Broadsword, and we're here today to talk about DC Comics. This week we're discussing the story behind Titans Beast World Number 6, written by Tom Taylor, with pencils from Ivan Reis, Lucas Meyer, and Eduardo Pensica, and inks by Danny Miki, Lucas Meyer, and Julio Ferreira. This issue is co-redated March of 2024. Today is February fifth, two thousand twenty four, and this is the DC Comics History Cast. Let's go. By way of introduction, this is not an attempt to tell you what to read. That's already being done elsewhere, and done well, I should add. Nor is this an attempt to review comic books. Although I might do a little bit of both of those things along the way. My purpose here is to help you fill in the gaps in your knowledge so that you get the most enjoyment possible out of your DC comic books. Each week, I take one book from DC's output for that week and break down anything you might need to know about the characters, references, and events in that issue. Advance warning... There are sure to be spoilers. Titan's Beast World has come to a close with issue number six and, as promised, I'm here to cover all of the ins and outs of that issue with you. The sickness that was plaguing the world has been defeated and most of the heroes have been revived and or brought back to health. Amanda Waller was one of the key players in this miniseries, so I thought that today's history lesson would focus on her, and then we will talk about this issue in more detail. Amanda Waller was created for DC's Legends miniseries and initially appeared in the first issue of that book in 1986. She then went on to appear regularly in The Suicide Squad by John Ostrander, a series that spun out of Legends and ran for 66 issues through June of 1992. Even in the world of comic books, her origin was particularly heartbreaking. Amanda and Joe Waller, her husband married young, and had five children. They struggled financially in Chicago's notorious Cabrini Green housing project, but were on their way up and out. As the eldest of the children, Joe Jr., was a promising high school basketball player. Things were looking rosy, if rough, until Joe Jr. was killed when he resisted a mugging and everything started to unravel for the Waller family. Demita, their next eldest child, was then raped and murdered about six months later. Joe, Senior, shot and killed the rapist in revenge, but was sadly killed himself in the altercation. At this point, standing at the grave sites of those she had loved, Amanda promised that the mean streets would claim no more of her family, and, with lots of blood, sweat, and tears, she put the three remaining children through college. Amanda then got an education for herself, after which she transitioned to a career in politics. She worked her way up in that world and eventually would go on to revive and head the Suicide Squad. Over the years, she has been written varyingly as either an anti-hero or an outright villain. The issue we are covering today, the final issue of DC's company-wide crossover, Titans Beast World, represents the next step forward in moving DC's narrative focus away from the traditional Big Seven of the Justice League and onto their offspring and sidekicks, namely the Titans led by Dick Grayson, formerly known as Batman's sidekick Robin, and now known as Nightwing. DC has actually done a pretty fantastic job of transitioning to these younger heroes over the last few years, and I'm excited to see what comes next. This issue starts out with a face-off between Raven, daughter of Trigon, and her demon self, who is wielding the mantle of the Lords of Chaos, otherwise known as the Helmet of Dr. Hate. Raven's demon self came into its own separate existence in last year's Nightwing Volume 4, Number 104, as a result of an encounter with Neron, a Lord of Hell. The helmet, on the other hand, is a reference to the helmet of Dr. Fate, an Earth-bound Lord of Order. The original golden helmet, Dr. Fate's helmet, allows its wearers to become the heroic entity Dr. Fate, one of Earth's most powerful sorcerers. So, likewise, the helmet of Dr. Hate imbues its wearers with the powers of chaos. Raven and her evil self fly away locked in combat, but not before the good aspect of Raven sends Nightwing through a portal, claiming that she can't battle her evil self and protect him at the same time. Nightwing arrives at Titan's Tower, which is already occupied by Batgirl and Detective Chimp. We find out here that Nightwing has a plan to free all of the infected humans from their parasitic sicknesses, by using the more powerful heroes as bait to lure out the infections. Later, Superman John Kent, son of the more famous and familiar Superman Clark Kent, frees Bruce Wayne from his possession and a cadre of the most powerful heroes gather at the tower to go over their battle plan. Concurrent to this conference, Nightwing is having his own meeting with the President of the United States. In an attempt to win the President's confidence, Nightwing starts to reveal his alter ego. But the President stops him and Nightwing relays his plan to save the world, telling the Commander-in-Chief that he needs to reach out to other world leaders, asking them to hold their fire while the heroes do the rest. Back to Gotham, John Kent saves the infected Harley Quinn from an attack by Sarge Steele and his government forces, and offers to help while frightened citizens look on and record events from their homes. Elsewhere, Donna Troy, once known as Wonder Girl and later T'roya, is given a suit of armor that makes her impervious to the infection and amps up her own innate abilities, and the heroine goes out into the world in an attempt to free the infected heroes. Meanwhile, the evil and good aspects of Raven continue to battle, and the hero's demon self comes to the realization that part of Garfield Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy, lives on in each of the infected humans. Raven reaches out to the heroes who are destroying the spores, pleading with them to stop what they are doing. The plan changes from trying to destroy the spores to trying to collect and contain them. As Starfire blasts the evil persona of Raven and removes the Helmet of Chaos, passing it on to super speedster Wally West, formerly Kid Flash. Wally runs away with the helmet even as it tries to take over his mind. Before it has a chance to sink its proverbial teeth into him, however, he deposits the helmet into a distant volcano, melting it to slag. Raven's battle with her evil self reaches a climax, after which Raven arrives to join with the other young heroes and get the news that Beast Boy is reforming his body thanks to their efforts to collect all of the spore pieces. And fortunately, Raven senses that Beast Boy's personality and mind are not present in the newly formed body because too many of the spores had already been destroyed. Shortly after these events, Amanda Waller holds a press conference where she announces that despite the efforts of the Titans to save the day, they are not heroes, urging those listening to believe in humanity and not to rely on the heroes with special powers because they are aliens, machines, and so forth. Amanda claims that the justice of the heroes is past, and the Hall of Justice, former headquarters of the Justice League, is now renamed the Hall of Order. The next portion of the comic book details the Titans' attempt to rejoin Beast Boy with his personality. Since Starfish can reform from a single arm, the decision is made to join Garfield Logan with his Starfish arm that was lost when he pushed the Necrostar through a boom tube. They successfully return Beast Boy's mind, but on the final pages of Beast World Number 6, it is revealed that Evil Raven has overcome her good persona and trapped her in the gem that she carries around. This was an exercised issue befitting the end of an important crossover story. So there's lots to go over. Bethany, what did you think of the issue?
1: Things have changed uh, for the Titans since the last time I saw them. Are these the Teen Titans or the Titans?
0: Titans, not the Teen Titans. Titans,
1: okay. And seeing, I guess this is Superman's son? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's seeing him. But it's funny because he looks like he's the same age as the the Titans. Well, they're not teenagers anymore, remember? Right, but... He looks like he's the same age. He is. But he shouldn't
0: be. He was artificially aged.
1: Ah. Okay. See, things I just don't know. Um, Raven has changed a lot as far as the way she looks. True. Uh, I find that a little disconcerting how they went so different with her.
0: Well, I remember I mentioned to you yesterday that at one time Beast Boy was red, and then they just changed him back to green without any explanation. Yeah.
1: Yeah uh, yeah, she doesn't look like she should be named Raven. Um, you know, I, I miss her long black hair. I, I liked the way that character looked mm-hmm. and now it's, it's so different and I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know what her, her meaning Amanda Waller, what her, uh, motivation is here. You know, is it truly dark? Just, is there a different plan? Is there, you know, you yeah, what's going on with her? Um, she seems very uh, different, harder, mm-hmm. a lot harder, yes. um, not behind the scenes. Before she Right, liked, right. Before she didn't want to be public. She wanted to be the force behind everything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only way you could really get things done. Not out in the open, but behind. And now she's really pushing into the public to where everybody knows who she is. And it's interesting. It's a, a completely different the way she um, has been in the past and even what she believed. She, You know, in her old, uh, the way she used to be was she never had a problem with metahumans. Uh, she always worked with them, um, including, you know, criminals. And she used them. It was, uh, they were like a tool to her Mm -hmm. uh, for a while. And now she seems to be completely anti-Metahuman at all. You know, I know nothing about Superman's son. Why the growth? Why the, why why you say the...
0: He went into space on his own for a little while. And while he was in space, he encountered some stuff. And when he came back, he was grown.
1: Like I said, there's a lot... Going on here and without having a lot of context around it, uh, especially since it's been so long since I've um, actually read or seen anything of the Titans, there's a lot of changes in here. The costumes are different. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, some of the relationships are different, obviously. Yes. Um, So, yeah, if you just walked in here from... You know, it was like walking into it from a different universe, you know, <laughs> where it's like, it's like, uh, you know, you're on Earth, number, whatever, and then you walked over and got accidentally got into Earth, you know, prime or whatever. But the overall character structures seem to be there for the most part, That, as far as I can tell. I think so, too. Um, I like the fact that they had the chimp in here.
0: He's cool. I like Detective Yeah, trap.
1: I like him. Uh, he's he's a fun one. Um, this smacks a little bit of the legionnaires to me. What do you mean by that?
0: This is interesting.
1: Well, because they were always you know, they'd save the day time and time again and then a little thing would happen and all of a sudden they're persona non grata and everybody's after them and you know, they don't want, you know, everybody hates the legionnaires, you know, they down with the Legionnaires. You
0: talk about Legion of Superheroes. Yeah,
1: Legion of Superheroes. Right. And, you know, down with the Legionnaires, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, down with super people, you know, superpowers. Well, that's been a, that's not,
0: that's been a theme. Throughout DC Comics history, I don't want to say their whole history, because obviously in the 1940s superheroes were celebrated because we needed that, that hope and that light at that time. Um, and I find it interesting that, that we're in such a dark time now, but superheroes aren't as looked to for hope like they were like in, during World War II. It's interesting, though, because like when Amanda Waller first came out, it was for Legends, which aptly titled was about what it means to be a superhero. Um, and one of Darkseid's minions was sent to Earth, and he influenced... The president to outlaw superheroes
1: i do vaguely remember that
0: it's kind of, i don't think we've read we've read a couple of the spinoffs from that namely mm-hmm. suicide squad cosmic boys miniseries was set during that time that's what well, that's when he was on earth so you probably recognize it from that because i know we've read those two and, and like i said of course suicide squad volume one spun out of that that was Amanda Waller's genesis was during that time. So she's always been against the superheroes. But not to the extent that she is now, I find it interesting.
1: Yeah, she didn't have such a problem uh working with them or
0: mm-hmm. you know, later. Well, it was well again, that's that's very much like what G. Gordon Godfrey was. Right. Preaching. She's
1: not wrong, per se, as oh, far not at all. as just um You know, dependence upon, we should depend upon humanity. Humanity needs to be good enough to be able to depend upon humanity and not outside forces to help them.
0: That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to the DC History Cast and make sure you check back next week for more. Take care.